podcast we and this is the premiere episode of the podcast sweet and sunshine i'm sweet and i love to write and read and i play minecraft sometimes but i'm really really bad at it and i'm sunshine an aspiring author who hopes to become a singer songwriter in the near future how are you today sweet i am fantastic as most days how are you I am pretty great. I'm really excited to be starting this podcast with you. Oh my gosh, me too, me too, me too. I've been like, okay, don't tell my parents, but I've been doing less school for this podcast because I've just been so, so, so excited. But anyways, on this podcast, we read stories that I've written and that Sunshine has written and that our friends have written, and hopefully some that you guys have written. But there's none of you guys right now, so we don't really have anything from you. You guys need to get here quicker. We have thought of, like, everything, probably, because we want this to be successful as it can be. Because we're not just, we're doing this for fun, but we also want people to, um find us and listen to us because we feel like yeah, we, we can make you guys be, smile like, two teenage girls just like talking to each other through a computer and then having a podcast that like two people who we know in real life listen for this episode we're gonna be reading a story by my favorite author sunshine yay thank you so much i you are actually my favorite author sweet so oh, you're so sweet um, it's called A Bittersweet Ending, and it's sad. It's sad. It made me sad. It made me cry mm-hmm. a little bit, I'm pretty sure. I, I it was think... a while ago when I first read this. A Bittersweet Ending is the first short story that I ever wrote. and Wait, ever? Yes. It, Whoa. Cause... That was like, that was like, that was like when I met you, though. Yeah, I know. I wasn't, I don't know if I was in, I mean, I wrote a few poems and I wrote down ideas for stories, but I didn't actually consider becoming a writer until I realized that that was possible and published authors weren't the only authors because you have to start somewhere. (laughs) So the first. Not write for like however long until you become a published author and then suddenly you just write a whole book. Like that's not how it works. (laughs) Yeah. I had enjoyed writing in class and stuff. I wrote an essay that my teacher complimented on in class, and I was like, that's so cool that my teacher complimented on my... That's actually who this story is dedicated to that we're about to read you. Wait, really? Yes, because Aww, she... that's so cute. I should dedicate a story to my first, third, and fifth grade teacher. My Because fifth... she's so awesome, and she gave me a book. That's... Okay. You start. Okay. Third, uh, the 3rd of June was a joyful occasion. Annalise and Matthew had fallen in love exactly a year ago. Now they were getting married. Most of Annalise's family had come, but since they liked to keep to themselves, and keep their money to themselves, her parents, two of her three sisters, and brother left immediately after the reception, hoping that they wouldn't have to help pay for the cake and whatever else Matthew's family had offered to pay for. A few of them had left cards or a couple of dollars, though. That was nice of them to be like, we're not sharing our money with you, we can have like a dollar. Um, Matthew's family, on the other hand, were very open and very generous. They gave graciously to those in need because of their wealth. They had decided to go home the next day so that they would not have to travel at night. 
They had each brought a gift card or some other gift similar to the very delicate set of bedding that Matthew's mother, Tulip, had sewn herself. The reason her name I is... Me too. The reason her name is Tulip is because of my love for the flower Tulip. Let that be a known fact out there, I guess. Um, the day after the wedding was also a happy occasion. Annalise had finally turned 21. That meant that she could finally turn in her application, which she already had, for the, for, I'm sorry, for the vocal school that she had been wanting to work at since she had learned about it. She had been accepted and told that she would be teaching girls aged 3 to 7 and that she would start work on Monday. Matthew already had a job working as an accountant at Benton Savings and Loans, a bank near their home. They were a happy couple, and over the next couple of years, they decided to share their happiness with children. They found out early in the spring that they were having a baby boy. They were overjoyed. On the 4th of November, their son was born. He was a handsome little fellow with light curly hair and blue eyes. Matthew's mother, Tulip, one of Annalise's sis and <laughs> Matthew's mother, Tulip, and one of Annalise's sisters had come to celebrate and throw a little private baby shower for them when they got home from the hospital. Annalise's sister had reluctantly come because Matthew's mom needed her help with decorations. Annalise's family was known for their party planning and their talents in the arts. Another reason that Annalise's sister had come was that Tulip was going to pay her. Annalise and Matthew got home from the hospital. Seven days after their little boy came, they found out that since Annalise had been so sick during her pregnancy, their baby would be very weak. His bloodstream was carrying junk instead of nutrients to his heart, the doctor had told them. Because of this, he had to stay longer so that the doctors could run some tests and provide the needed prescriptions to help their son grow up healthily. Healthily, healthily, healthily. That does not sound right. I feel like I'm saying that wrong. They, ha they were told to come back in a couple of weeks for another checkup. When Annalise was seven, she was diagnosed with leukemia, but with early diagnosis and treatment, she had been in remission since her ninth birthday. When Annalise's parents first found out that she had cancer, they started weeping and sobbing that Annalise might not lose to carry on their family business of balloons and party supplies. The doctor was shocked that they would talk about such a thing when they could not only use, lose their family business, but also one of the people that they loved. They had just waved them away, still sobbing about their family business, and told them that they had too many children already, and losing one was not going to break their hearts. At least not as much as losing their business. The tradition in Annalise's family was that the youngest child, at the age of 24, inherited the business as a whole and managed the company. The older siblings got to own other important parts of the business, such as running the treasury or managing one of their own stores, why her parents could not just give the business to the second youngest and try to care more about the real problem at hand was beyond anyone's understanding. When they got home with their new baby, Annalise's sister let them have three hours to settle back in and rest by watching sweet baby Sam as he slept. That sounds kind of creepy. <laughs> anyway, after those hours were up, she declared that she had to leave so that she could get home before dark. She told Annalise and Matthew that Tulip was throwing them a little shindig in their backyard. She had said to enjoy. I love that word. <laughs> me too. Me too. My my mom. You. I mean, certain people. I don't remember who, but I think it was my mom or my grand. My I think my grandma uses that word. 
or I just heard it and I loved it and I know the I knew the meaning and I was like this is like the perfect fun word to to write and to say and to have in the story. Sunday. <laughs> um, she had said to enjoy the cupcakes, the decorations, and the few neighbors that had, that had come. On her way out, she had said, "You're welcome." Before they had a chance to tell her thank you, they had fun at their baby shower. With, you have to say it with lots of stuff, like lots of meanness. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so they had fun at their baby shower, of course. And once it was done, they put Sam back to bed. After they had situated Ma- Matthew's mother in the guest room, Annalise and Matthew also went to bed. Should I keep reading since you read practically two pages? Um. You. How about you read this next paragraph, and then I'll pick up at around 7.45. Okay. Two months later, on the first Monday of January, Matthew left for work at around 7 o'clock after he sat... I'm sorry, I can't speak. After he had said goodbye to Annalise, Sam, and his mother, Tulip had moved in with Annalise and Matthew last month to provide help with watching Sam when Annalise returned to work. Around 7.45, Annalise had had to go to work. Masses also had to go to work. Around 7.45, Annalise also had to go to work. It was going to be her first day back on the job since having Sam. Her job required her to work only half a day and twice a week, on Mondays and Fridays. Annalise told Tulip that she would be home around noon in time for lunch. Then she kissed Tulip and Sam goodbye. When she got home from work, Annalise was pleased to find that all was well. Mm. Sam was asleep Mm. and so was Tulip. A, a, a half an hour later, Annalise heard a car honk, thinking that Matt, Matthew, I called him Matt, Matthew was honking his arrival home for lunch. She went outside to meet him. When she saw What she saw shocked her. Just down the street, two cars had collided. Oh, no. <laughs> she ran back inside to report the accident. A few minutes later, she heard sirens and rushed outside down to the sidewalk where the accident had taken place. She wanted to be sure that the police knew what had happened. Right before she reached the crash site, she stopped in her tracks. She recognized one of the license plates. She started moving it again, but this time she couldn't feel anything as her pace quickened. One of the policemen started walking towards her. Are you are you the one who repeat are you the one who reported the crash? he asked. <clears throat> Yes, Annalise replied as she tried to push past him. Oops, I'm reading too far. My husband, he's the man in the blue classic Chevy. Your turn. Oh, the policeman faltered for a moment, but then quickly regained his composure. Oh, wait, wait, we forgot, we forgot about... It's okay. We forgot about dialogue things. I don't... Okay, I'll read his dialogue. Okay, okay. I'm very sorry to hear that, ma'am. The ambulance will arrive shortly. In the meantime, will you please tell me what happened? Annalise looked out into space for a moment before she answered. About a half hour after I arrived home from work, I heard a car honk. Thinking it was my husband coming home for lunch, I went outside to find the cars had just collided. Thank you very much, ma'am. You were mighty lucky to have witnessed the crash. If not for you, these two people might not have lasted much longer. Then the policeman was off to in- then the policeman was off to interview some people who had w- wandered outside to see if any of them had any additional information to give. When the ambulance arrived, when the ambulance arrived, Annalise asked if she could ride with Matthew to the hospital. The EMT told her, "Of course, honey, of course." The EMT was a stout woman who was older than Annalise by many years. She was very kind to Annalise as she tried to comfort her. She had been in a situation such as this one and knew the feeling of shock and then depression that comes when a loved one is in a state of distress. As 
After they reached the hospital and Matthew was admitted into the emergency room, Annalise waited in line to use the hospital's phone located in the lobby. Hello, Tulip? Matthew's been in, been in an accident. I need you to come to the hospital as soon as possible. Annalise's voice quavered slightly. I'll come as soon as Sam wakes up. Oh, wait, though, that's, that sounds too happy. That sounds too happy. I was happy. <laughs> I'll be there as soon as Sam wakes up. Tulip's voice was no better, for she had seen the accident on the news ten minutes ago. And finding out that your son was one of the victims was not consoling. These hours of waiting for Matthew's results were agony for Annalise. It comforted Annalise when Tulip came with baby Sam. Finally, Annalise was called into Matthew's room. I've said Annalise many, many times. I when know. she arrived, she could already tell what kind of news was coming by the atmosphere of the room. <clears throat> the doctor's and nurse's face were very solemn. The doctor confirmed her suspicion. It pains me to inform you that Matthew is badly wounded. He is in a medically induced coma and might stay this way for some time. We will do all that we can to keep him alive. But your husband's injuries are more serious than they looked at first glance. Oh. You read the dialogue. Oh, you did. Okay. <laughs> was all Annalise could muster. I'm sorry, ma'am. We will do all that we can. We have some of the finest doctors and nurses working right here on campus. And Annalise nodded and left, her heart heavy and her head in a daze. She walked over to the elevator and pushed the bottom floor button. Telling Tulip of the tragedy at hand. Okay, I have to pause right here. <clears throat> mm -hmm. For a long time, I thought that tragedy was tragedy <laughs> with the D and the G flipped. <laughs> and then, like it was today when I was actually spelling it, I was realizing that I've been saying it wrong pretty much this entire time. Because <laughs> we're reading the tragedy of Romeo and Juliet, which mm. actually makes me really uncomfortable. That's not a very good story. No, um, it's not. And then so I was reading it and I was like, oh, wait, it's tragedy, not tragedy. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, when she got to Tulip and Sam, she sat down and let everything that the doctor had told her flow out of her mouth. When she finished telling her sad news, Tulip looked on without saying a word while Sam started crying. Sam does not know English, I don't think. But he does, um, he does know babies can tell when something bad happens. Oh, that's sad. I hope, I hope nothing bad happens. Or, Wait. I mean, I mean, I mean, he, I mean, in he real can... life, I hope nothing bad happens. Yeah. I mean, I think they can tell. I mean, in this story, he, he started well, crying at the perfect that time. they can probably read the mood. Like, if yeah. their mom starts crying, then they probably will know something is wrong. Yeah. And they'll stop. Yeah. Or, like crying or something. Babies are so sweet. Yeah. Annalise took her baby from Tulip and held him close. They all sat there in the front lo lobby of the hospital quietly for some time before they decided that Grandma Tulip would stay at the hospital with her son while Annalise went home to take care of Sam. When they got home, Annalise changed Sam's diaper and fed him. Then she put Sam to bed and called Grandma Tulip. The results were no better than before, so since Annalise did not have the heart to eat anything, she went to bed as well. Annalise had gone to visit her husband every day for the last couple of weeks, but today it felt a little different when she had taken Sam to see his father. 
Okay, a quiet depression had settled on the neighborhood, for news of what had happened in previous weeks had gone around. When people came by to give Annalise and Sam their condolences, Annalise would not go to the door. She just sat on the wooden rocking chair in the living room, rocking her baby, until she could see through the window that they had left. It was the rocking chair that Matthew had gotten for his 13th birthday. It was given to him by his brother who had been away at college and had felt bad for missing his birthday. That That's just a weird... I don't know why I chose the rocking chair as a gift, because that's like the your weirdest gift to get from your brother while I he's away I at college. I wanted a rocking chair at 13 years old. I've would... been like, wow, thanks for missing my birthday and giving me this piece of wooden furniture that is just going to sit in the corner of my room and take up space. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much, big brother. <laughs> well, at least they have, at least he has furniture for his future self. <laughs> Um, okay, this says an unfortunate, okay. And then, and then familiar silence spread through the atmosphere over the next couple of days. Annalise, having no thought except the welfare of her husband, neglected all thoughts of life. She had rescheduled Sam's doctor appointments that were to see about helping reduce the disease that was slowly killing him. The doctors thought the, me- the medications were working, so they were not too worried. A week later, around five o'clock, Annalise was sitting in an armchair outside of Matthew's medical room with Tulip, when the doctor came out and motioned for Annalise to follow him. As they entered, entered I said entered, <laughs> entered the room, the doctor motioned for Annalise to sit, so she did. As you are aware, Matthew's undergone critical surgery over the last few days due to two factors. The first one being that his heart was slowly starting to give up. The second was because of the seizure your husband had the night prior to the start of our operations. You were also informed that there was a slim chance the surgery would worsen Matthew's health health, and not make him any better. Annalise nodded slowly, her emotions still as stone. The surgery... The doctor broke off for a minute. The surgery only worsened his state. He doesn't have much time left. Tears silently trickled down Annalise's face, then splashed onto her shirt. I really like that visual. Okay, you read the dialogue. Is he still in a coma? Annalise asked stiffly. I'm afraid so. May I see him? Elise told his hand until... Annalise's voice cracked. Yes, the doctor replied. I'll have Ms. Logan come in and say farewell as well. Farewell as well. I feel like Annalise I was glad that feel... her friend Beth was able to watch Sam since she was going to be with the hospital be at the hospital with Tulip, waiting for Matthew's results all day. Okay, I feel like I should have introduced Miss, so for all you listeners out there, Miss Logan is Tulip. I should have said that. I need to, when I edit this, I will, I didn't realize how, how much editing this needed, and now reading it, I do. So this podcast is great. <laughs> um, quietly, Annalise, Okay, I read that super weird. Quietly, Annalise moved to sit beside Matthew. She grasped his hand and brought it to her lips, gently kissing his knuckles. You're going to a better place soon, my love. Annalise started to weep. When Tulip came into the room, she sat at the opposite side of the hospital bed, across from Annalise, and grasping one of Matthew's hands in her own, she began to sobbing. Annalise began to think about how Matthew was her world and about how he was the reason that she kept living. She thought about how Matthew had always talked about seeing Sam go into preschool all the way up through college and on to marriage, things she herself was expecting to be a part of. 
Tulip told Annalise of all the people Stop that would. Stop making me cry. I'm sorry. I'm. I feel emotional too. This is just super sad, and <sighs> this. I don't know what sparked this. Sa- oh yeah, I do. I was act here. I'll. I'll. When I'm finished reading this page, I'll. When we're done, I'll tell you how I got the idea for this story. It's kind of funny, but at the same time, it's not. Okay. Oh, wait. I went down all uh, too much. Where am I? Um, Tulip told Annalise that... Okay, I went down all the way to the end on accident. Okay. Page nine. Tulip told Annalise of all the people that would miss Matthew. This new thought made Annalise cry harder. Fifteen minutes later, Annalise was released of his earthly... (laughs) (laughs) I read the wrong... Oh, my goodness. Fifteen minutes later, Matthew was released... I got my bottle. (laughs) Fifteen minutes later, Matthew was was released of his earthly burdens and went off to join his brother, John, in heaven. I feel like I also should have... Yes, I should have... I should have said something about the brother probably in the beginning, maybe? Or was that okay to say there? I feel like if I wrote this now, like if I rewrote this now, if I had started writing it now, like how more advanced than I am when I wrote, than I was when I wrote this story, I would have written it better and I wouldn't be questioning so much. Um, I'm taking away from the sadness of this by talking about okay, editing it. <laughs> Tulip had experienced... Well, it it's dinner time, but I'll just come in a minute. We're okay. almost done. Yeah. Tulip had experienced the death of a child before, so she was more upset about Matthew's death than Annalise was. One of the nurses ended up escorting a hysterical Annalise and a devastated Tulip out to Annalise's car. After they had both kissed Matthew one last time, Annalise drove them home. Oh, wait. After they had both kissed Aunt Matthew one last time, Annalise drove them home. Once Beth had left and Sam was changed, fed, changed again, and put back to bed, Tulip handed Annalise some warm homemade tea, homemade herbal tea, and made her sip it slowly. He was such a good person. Why was he taken from this world? This was the question This was the question that Annalise asked Tulip day after day, but the only answer she received was this. Maybe he was too good for this world. The only thing that matters is he was good, and he was guaranteed a spot in heaven. There is no arguing with that, so Annalise let the conversation drift to something new. Two weeks later, a funeral was held. Everyone who knew Matthew got the chance to say a few words before his family was left alone, before his family went alone to the cemetery for the interment service. At seven o'clock, Tulip and some volunteers from the Relief Society were putting away tables and the leftover food that had been eaten in one of the Latter-day Saint church gyms after the burial. Two funeral I know I'm coming! (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Two funeral potato casseroles were left over, along with a fruit and vegetable tray. Annalise had been told only to focus on her and Sam's needs and let everyone else take care of the cleaning up. She is currently in the family bathroom, changing Sam. Dialogue. Aren't you just the cutest... Annalise cooed. Come here. Annalise hoisted Sam on on her hip after disposing of the dirty diaper. She grabbed her changing bag and headed back into the gym to see if there was anything she could help with. 
No, dear. Wait. Oh, I'll read this dialogue. No, dear, I think we have it covered, Tulip's sister-in-law Charlene said. Oh, there is one thing, actually. Phyllis needs to know who the food is going home with. Okay, Jane headed off in the direction of her aunt. The second- <laughs> It's Jane! It's Jane! Oh, no! Why? <laughs> oh, did I Jane. read- Did I read that? Yeah, you read Oh, no. <laughs> I meant to- I, I don't know why that, that is there still. That's weird. Okay, I'll be right back. I'm just gonna tell her that I don't Okay. Okay, Jane headed off in the direction of her aunt, the second most decent of her blood-related relatives. Halfway there, she had to switch arms and carry Sam with her right arm. Annalise, oh wait, Annalise, I was wondering if you were going to be the one bringing home the rest of the food, or if you wanted to see who else would like to. I, was going I don't know what we're doing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to take home one of the dishes of funeral potatoes and the fruit and veggie tray, but the herders were going to take home the other one. Thank you, Annalise. I can have someone bring the casserole out to your car when you're ready. Thank you, Aunt Phyllis. Phyllis smiled at Annalise as she carried her baby over to Tulip. Are you about ready to go home now? Oh, wait. Sorry. I don't know who was reading those ones. You were reading Tulip, so. Oh, I was? Okay. Yeah. Are you about ready to go home now? Tulip asked, Tulip Annal asked Annalise. Who smiled and oh, nodded. Oh, I'm reading those ones. <laughs> Tulip asked Annalise. Uh, who okay. Well... How about you we read the rest of this page, and I'll pick up Kay. at the next page. Tula at the next paragraph break. All right. Tulip asked Annalise, who smiled and nodded. Annalise didn't know what would happen to her if it, what would have happened to her if it hadn't been for her wonderful family. Her mother and father did not care to attend the funeral since they thought it was a waste of their time and money. But Annalise's sister Amity had traveled with her husband to attend the funeral. They had missed the wedding since they were touring France at the time. Annalise's other two sisters and brother had not bothered to stay any longer than they thought they had to, so they left right after the burial. On the way back to their home, Tulip, Annalise, and Sam were not quite quiet and mournful. Instead, they sang as they drove. The three were filled with a warmth, a feeling of peace. They could feel the presence of Matthew, even though they knew that he was not really there. They knew that he would always be there to comfort them. They could tell that he would never leave their hearts. That would have been a good spot to end, but there's more. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, does this have the same ending? Because it's a little bit different. It's oh, my gosh, it is. I just scrolled down. No, I'm going to have to read the sad part. I can, okay. I can read it if you want to. No, I'll read it. I'll okay. read it. It's my turn. Years later, Annalise had remarried. Tulip had joined her sons in heaven, and Sam was continuing to battle his cardiac. I don't know how to say that. You say that word. My coma? My soma? I don't know how to say it either. <laughs> Where'd you find it? Um, my mom. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the internet. Um, um, his thing, his disease thing, he had had since birth. He had inherited it from his father. Wait, I thought he got it from his mother. No, because she got, she had leukemia and the father had heart disease, I guess. Uh, There's so uh, many inconsistencies okay. in this, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, it's also different from the first time I read it. Yeah. Wait, I feel like I remember, like, actually reading this and having to wait for you to write more. Yes. Yes. Probably. That happens a lot. <laughs> I, I Sometimes I sit and I just, like, I'll watch the document to see if you keep writing or not. Because I just need more. 
Um, where was I? Oh, with Tulip gone, Annalise and Sam were not alone. Robert, Annalise's new spouse and Sam's stepfather, took care of his new wife and son. Annalise's sister, Amity, made frequent visits with her husband, Dean, and they even took Sam on one of their annual trips to Spain the year before he died. Wait, <laughs> the husband died too? <laughs> no, the, no, the Sam, the baby. Dean died. No, Sam. Sam died already? It says the year before he died. The year before he died. That means I meant to... Well, what I was implying there was that Sam died. Oh. Sam died? Yeah, years later after he went to Spain with his aunt and uncle. What? I'm sad. I'm sorry. (laughs) I am too. At least... It wasn't as sad as the original ending, though. That was sadder. I need to go back and, like, maybe get that ending again. But Annalise did not think much of the pain she had been experiencing, the throwing up, or the fact that she was getting full from eating such small amounts of food. So sadly, it was too late when her doctor discovered the tumor. She passed away on the 3rd of June and died of a leukemia tumor located in her abdomen, infecting her liver. The date she had first met, married Matthew. The day she had first fallen in love. That's sad. Why did you write that? <laughs> Annalise was greatly honored at her funeral, and everyone who attended, including her parents, only had great things to say about her. Her sister Amity was the one who had the most to say about her sister, and the most tears to shed. Those who were close to Annalise knew she was happy in a better place. That Annalise had left the human world to join her former husband and child. That's so sad, but it's, like, not even close to as sad as the original one. I know. You, like, brightened it up. You added added a box of rainbows to it. (laughs) I I hope that as people listen to our podcast, because we're going to read more of my stories, I hope that they see how much better I get as a writer, as an author. Because yeah, I do. You, your stories are better now. Your stories are much better now. This is like the only, I feel like this is not to like, this is the first one I read, I wrote. And I feel like this is the only bad one. I mean, it's probably not. We'll probably okay, see it's, that it's not. It's a but... really good story. You just have places where you can work on. Yeah. Like your thoughts, I've noticed what you write. It's been, it gets very scattered. Yeah. Like you're talking about one thing and then you move to like, oh, Annalise is sick. And then... It's just it's just very scattered, and you need to. You, I don't. I know. I haven't noticed this in some of your uh, more recent work, but at this point, it was very scattered. Mm-hmm. Like your thought, you just jump from one place to another. And I think if you rewrote this story, it would end up a lot better because you know what's in it. Mm-hmm. You know what you want to say, yeah. and now you just have to say it in a more organized way. Yeah, I agree. So, the idea I had for, the the way I got the idea for this story was actually, I was with, I had, I had my, this was several years ago, I was playing with my baby doll, well, I wasn't really playing with it, I was pretending to be its mother because I love, because I was just bored, and was like, well, there's nothing better to do with my time than play with my baby doll, 
And I felt silly doing it because I was like, I'm like too, I was like, I'm too old for playing with baby dolls. But then, like, I fainted with it because I liked to pretend to faint as well for some weird reason. Because I was a weird child. And so I fainted and then the baby landed on my chest and I was like, a mother who dies with her baby. And <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was a good thing. <laughs> But I wrote it down, and I was like, oh, and then the father's already dead when the mother dies. And I was like, this is genius. And I started, I told you about it at school, and then I started telling, um, don't know if I can say her name on here, but I started telling her other friends about it, and they were like, this, they were like, why would you, why would you do, why would you do something like that? That's sad. That's depressing. No one We're would... authors. We have no hearts. <laughs> the definition of author heartless perfectionist who writes novels for money that's it i think yeah bye this is sweet and sunshine's podcast please click on the next episode if it's up bye goodbye have a great day or night everybody thanks yep. for tuning in